Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to StadiaCast. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? Not much, man. It has been one hell of a week, and I am so happy to be sitting here talking about video games for a change this week. Absolutely. Before we do talk about those video games, I just want to let everybody know if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app, then you can find uh, this show as a video, as an actual live show, every single Sunday morning at 10 a.m. over at nerdnest.tv. That's our YouTube channel. So head on over there, click subscribe. And then after you click subscribe, there's a bunch of other buttons uh, that are kind of hanging out. So check out all those other buttons to see what they do, uh, because most of them find ways to support the show. Thank you very much to everybody who clicks those buttons, just like uh, Jem did with a super chat uh, right there at the beginning, mentioning that he is really enjoying Young Souls. Guarantee we're going to talk a bit about that today. Uh, so speaking of which, let's jump in with what have we been playing? And I know that you've been playing Young Souls, Lloyd. Why don't, yeah. why don't you start us off with that one? Yeah, Young Souls um, game that came out of nowhere. Um, didn't even know it was coming. I'm sure I've seen, uh, because this has been part of gaming um, events for a while where they showed off, I, I think back in like 2018, I think is when they first showed it off, something like that. Um, so I, I'm sure I've seen the art. Um, but when it dropped on Stadia, I'm like, what's this game? And then I looked into it and I just saw this amazing art style and I'm like, okay, so it's an action RPG that's like mixed with a, uh, with a beat em up by the, probably the best purveyors of beat em ups over the last little bit. Dotemu is publishing this. Yes, please. Uh, so I jumped in, um, grabbed young souls. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, it looks like it's going to be about a 15 hour game to beat it on like your first pass. Um, obviously there's cleanup and stuff if you want to get hundred percent. Um, so I'm about eight hours in something like that. Um, what a fantastic game. So it's an RPG where you play, uh, a, a set of twins. So, uh, there's a, a boy and a girl, um, and they both have very different attitudes. Um, and they have two different inventories. So as you're making your way through the game, uh, you can change their clothes uh, that has no functional uh, thing at all. Uh, there's clothing that can just make them look different um, when you're walking around town or whatever. Uh, but then there's armor and weapons and sneakers. And sneakers actually have something to do in the game. Um, you can buy uh, sneakers that give you bonuses, uh, which is which is a heck of a lot of fun as you get a little bit further into the game. Um, but yeah, you control these two characters. Uh, you tag them out, so you hit, like, the left bumper, uh, and you'll switch from one of the twins to the other. Uh, they each have their own life uh, life bar, and they also each have lives. Uh, so you can go down in a level twice uh, before your character will not come back again. So you're, you're basically um, trying to outfit both of the twins as best as you can. So that when, you, when you're switching back and forth, you don't have one that is, like, super powered and the other one that is just empty of of equipment because you're going to be switching back and forth uh, to do different attacks so um there, there really is no magic system in the game um from your characters but some of the equipment that you pick up will have um the ability to have spells and things like that so you do damage to build up your mana um and then you can unleash your uh magical attacks based on what weapon you're holding so the game really comes down to kind of like a um, just a, a a grind to get better equipment um, because I I started off the game I had uh, I, I had some daggers that I really liked and a really good suit suit of armor and then as I got uh, into the third of four of the main dungeon areas 
I found pretty much the exact same equipment, just more powerful that had a little bit of different stats. So I, I think the the bulk of the game for me is going through trying to get all the equipment, upgrade all the equipment and and all that stuff as well. Um, such a fantastic game. Um, I, as, as I said, I'm only about halfway through. So far, this is one of my favorite games that I've played so far in in this year. I, I just I absolutely love it. And uh, when I was doing kind of like one of my videos, I was talking about uh, there was um, a, a game called uh, what is it? Battles, Battle Strikers, Battle something Night Battle War. Battle Chasers. I, Chasers. There you go. Battle Chasers Night War. This game isn't really like that game, but it has kind of the same effect where it came out of nowhere I originally got excited about the art and then I started playing the game and that's all I can think about. So uh, when I'm not playing Young Souls, I'm thinking of playing Young Souls. I just haven't had a lot of game time uh, this week to be able to go and and play the game. Um, what an amazing title. Uh, it's only on Stadia right now. It's a timed exclusive. So if you want to play Young Souls, you have to play it on Stadia, which is pretty awesome um, for, for Stadia to have a game like, like this that uh, a lot of people are enjoying. But um, I hope more people give it a, give it a go uh, because this game is really special. Uh, it looks like there is a, a lot of uh, equipment and upgrade possibilities when you get closer to the end of the game. Um, as I said, it's kind of divided into kind of four main dungeon areas. And the dungeons have um, kind of uh, these little rooms that you can, um, after you get to the room and unlock the gate, you can then teleport there at any time. So when you get near... A boss battle, if you're not quite uh, strong enough, you can go quickly to any part of the map that you've been to before in any of the dungeons and do some some loot grinding, killing killing goblins and, and, and other things to get experience to then level up. And uh, your level up is actually kind of fun. When you level up, you get your base stats increase, but you also get a uh, every few levels, you'll get like a, a gym pass. And then you go to a gym to do mini games to uh, <laughs> up, cool. upgrade your your uh, base stats and things like that. So this game just has so much going for it. The um, the story is fantastic. I wish it was voice acted um, because there's some really like smart ass kind of comments that uh, your characters make. And it would be fun to see how a voice actor would have uh, taken that and run with it. Um, but even without that, uh, just the the, the text, um, it, it's it's just been a fun, fun story. And and I'm really excited about um, uh, getting getting further through and kind of figuring out what kind of happened there, because you have a, you have an adopted father who you call the uh, you call the what is it? It's not the scientist. Oh, I can't remember what, what you call him. Um, but anyway, uh, you, you find out that there's this hidden world uh, and he's kind of um, kind of entangled with that hidden world and and bringing humans into contact with this other realm. And so I know there's a, a bigger story that's been woven in this game, but I haven't quite uh, haven't quite gotten it, uh, gotten to that part of the story yet. But uh, Young Souls, one of my favorite titles. Professor, there you go. Everybody in the chat room is saying professor. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> I was I was thinking more scientist uh, thing, not professor. But yeah, he's a professor. So yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. One of my favorite games I played this year. I can't wait to beat it. Uh, I love it to death. And uh, that is Young Souls on Google Stadia. What a fantastic title. Awesome. I haven't played Young Souls yet, but it's definitely something that I'm I'm looking forward to picking up when I have uh, a little less to play. I played this week um, really only two games. Um, well, three. Uh, I played Humankind on Stadia. I played Splitgate, which we'll talk more about uh, later on. And I played more... Um, making our Dungeons and Dragons campaign, which I'm obsessed with uh, 
fiddling around with that nonsense. So that's been taking up most of my time. But I want to talk a little bit about humankind. I, I, okay, I always look at 4X games and I say to myself, you would have a lot of fun with this. But I also have like zero attention span. I don't know if it's because of video games or because of TV, uh, but I had uh, P. Craze asking if there's a D&D stream today. Unfortunately, there's not. Uh, one of our players has a family thing going on. But um, I, 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 I play Humankind and I want to love this game, but I don't have the attention span to put in the time to really understand all the mechanics behind it and i feel like it's partly my fault but it but part of the blame also absolutely falls on sega it's sega right yeah okay it's sega um for not teaching me the way to play the game because as i played the game and i did like i'm probably about four or five hours in two of those hours were uh, um, like a live stream. So that kind of slows things down a little bit because you read out loud and you talk to people in chat. Um, but uh, in those five hours, they've told me, a, I don't know, a hundred times, we know that this is all overwhelming. You'll understand after you've played a few games. And I'm like, all right, that's great. But one game takes a billion years. Uh, playing a few games in order to understand the mechanics is not okay. Like they need to do a better job teaching me how to play. And that's the that's the first thing that I said about the demo. And you know what 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 they say? <laughs> they they're like, you know, some people are like, well, they have video tutorials, Bill. And I'm like, yeah, but don't teach me through a video. That's not how. Like I want to learn by doing it. So yeah. like. Tell me, all right, now click this, now click that, now do this. And, you know, as I do those things, tell me how things work. I I feel like they hold your hand, and, and they do have options at the very beginning. It's like, I've never played one of these games before. And that's a lie. I have played one of these games before. I've played Civ whatever a, a bunch of times. I played this, you know, other, like, space-based ones in the past. So... But right. but I wanted to see what is it like for somebody who's never played this. And so I sat down, I said, I'd never played this before, and it was very hand-holdy for all of 15 minutes. And then I felt like they were just like, all right, figure it out. And I'm like, and yeah, they, they, they do still have tutorial stuff, but there's things that I don't understand where, like, so I got to like the, the diplomacy stage yep. where you meet other um other uh countries i guess whatever other civilizations and you you know you talk to their leader and you're like all right hey how about we don't attack each other and they're like i don't think so and i'm like okay so you plan on attacking me like there was no feedback as to what like you have these offers that you can make to them and there's no indication of what you would like and again the game says you'll understand more of this later. And I'm like, no, teach it to me now so that I can understand it. Uh, it's just, it's really frustrating because I really want to like this game, but um, I'm I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I, I played a little bit uh, at the same time and I'm kind of in the state of lost uh, as you are, where I kind of don't know sort of what I should be doing or what's going to benefit my civilization as as I go forward. 
um basically i i spawned i kind of picked an area for my base not knowing what i should be picking just picked a random place because mm-hmm. it's the tutorial map so who cares um and then i grabbed my unit uh my my army uh that's mo- moving around and i'm like well i don't want to figure out where he's going every time so i turned on auto explore and then he just like they, they, they just traipse throughout the whole world and then i spawn other guys and i put on auto explore and they're they're going everywhere they're they're getting to uh to meet other civilizations as well and then i you have a peace treaty and it's like yep we're not going to attack each other that's great and then like two turns later the, the person that you did a peace treaty with attacked you and it's like <laughs> well then why did i have a peace treaty with you why'd you spend all this time making me go through uh that section of the game um I, I've tried to play 4X games a lot in the past, and I, I think what my problem with 4X games is they they require a lot of time. And I'm not a person that has a lot of time, but I'm also a person that likes to play all the new games coming out because I do podcasts for Stadia and Nintendo and stuff like that. So I have a a vast knowledge of of a lot of games, but not a lot of like specific knowledge of a specific title, uh, big like Civilization. I've played Civilization in the past. And I think the only one that really stuck with me was Civilization Revolution because it was Dumbed made down. for consoles. Yeah. It was made for consoles and it was made to be kind of like quick and not like not pages of text that you have to read through to kind of figure out what you're doing. Um, so I, I, I like Humankind for what I think it's going to bring. Um, but I, I just think right now I don't have enough time to really go through all those tutorials that I really need if I want to have like the best um, the, the best set up for humankind ever because there's just going to be so much time involvement going through all these menus and and text blurbs and videos and all this other stuff when really it's just my guys ran randomly walking around a continent and i'm trying to figure out where i'm putting my farms and it's like oh i can build a dam now okay i'm not really by water okay this is a bad place to start off i guess um so yeah that's kind of kind of where i got to with humankind uh, i think there's a really fun game there but i i think the uh you have to get through uh, a, a few layers of wrapping to get to uh, see your, your Christmas presents uh, with this one. Absolutely. I, I will say this. Um, you know, I like that they are supporting all of the, or not all of the, but but some of those Stadia exclusive features. And what I would really like to see from Humankind is crowd play. Uh, crowd play? No, crowd choice. Crowd choice. So as I'm playing my game, uh, when it comes up and it says, hey, you get to make a choice between these three things or, or even let me like bring up my tech tree and select four things and say, hey, chat, figure out what's the next thing that I should do. And yeah, I can go into YouTube's um, settings and do that manually, but it would just be really cool if I could do that in my game and would also make it really, um, uh, really interactive uh, with with uh, a YouTube stream, which would help promote the game. Uh, and on top of that, it would also um, help me figure out the best way to do things because people in chat always know more than the the person who's who's playing the game. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's really cool uh, and I, I, I like it, but it's too overwhelming to me and I wish the tutorial was better, which, is really disappointing because if you go back to when they did the demo, that was the the biggest complaint everybody said was teach us how to play more. And it seems yeah. like they haven't really, really done that. Um, yeah. 
go well alberto in chat says sega can't tell you what piece of che uh, chess what piece of what chess piece you need to move because the move defines you <laughs> i understand that yeah but like i don't know how to say this i just wish the tutorial taught you how to play don't tell me what to do tell yeah. me why i should do what i'm doing and that's the thing that i feel like they're not doing and i I get it. It's a 4X thing. But for me, yep. it's like that's my experience. For me, as I was getting through the kind of early parts of the game and I was just like, OK, more text. OK, skip more text. OK, skip. I, I just I can't read anymore just to figure out what I'm doing here. Uh, and then I got to the part where you have to um, grab um, something from a previous society and that's going to be your new society. So do you want to be mm -hmm. ancient Egypt? Do you want to be this? Do you want to be that? And I'm looking through all the options and it's just like, pick this and you get plus one to this little plant looking thing and minus five to this little round circle looking thing. And I'm like, well, what is, what does this do to me? Like, what, what are the, what are the long-term benefits and what are the, uh, kind of like the, 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 I don't know the pitfalls that I'm going to run into if I choose this um, part of civilization to kind of focus on. Um, and I'm like, okay, they're not even explaining that. So this game definitely needs like, this is a game that someone that likes four X games buys and then spends six months just playing that one game, which is hundred percent perfect. And I think this game is going to be that deep. I think there's going to be oh, yeah. the, the, the super fans that are going to do that. Um, but it's really tough to uh, play a game enough to talk about on a podcast when you you need like a thirty hours and and a doctorate to kind of figure out <laughs> sort of how the game how the game goes uh, to to uh, to then talk about it. So I'm gonna play more Humankind for sure. Um, but yeah, I was hoping that the the tutorial would have actually been that where it's not really. It's more of a look at all this fun stuff. We'll explain it later. Don't worry about it. Just click click a random button. It's fine. Everything will be fine. Uh, which is not what I expected from the tutorial. Yeah, I, I will say this, like the, the part where you were like, uh, I, I do think a little bit of that falls on you for not reading this stuff because they do explain what the food does and what the other stuff does. And that that also really depends on what which ancient civilization you chose. Um, so like I ended up going with an agrarian civilization and then that means that I get more benefit from the food stuff uh, mm. than I do from other stuff. So. Uh, I think you might have missed something when you were uh, skipping through the oh. reading, but I don't blame you for wanting to skip through the <laughs> reading because it was just wall of text. All right. Yeah. Uh, three clicks, wall of text, three clicks, wall of text, uh, which yep. is always I mean, that is the genre. And yep. I want to love the genre, but I just I just can't. And it, it makes me <laughs> sad. <laughs> well, I, I read all the wall of text up until I got to the dis diplomacy part. And I'm just like, this, this is too much. Um, so I, I, I did get all the food stuff, but it's hard to, um, it, it's hard to figure out what the, the end game is going to be because you don't know what the game is going to evolve into. So it's like, what do I choose now? And what's going to give me the best benefit? And I, and I think it's probably designed in such a way where there really is no best thing to go, the best thing right. to choose. It's, it's how you play. So, um, but it was just like you hit, you hit like um, there's like a more information button at the bottom of that window when you're choosing a civilization, and then it slides up like a full screen of just like plus one to this minus one to that plus to this. And I'm like, okay, well, how is that going to come into play as you get future in the, if, uh, further into the game mm -hmm. when you're 
kind of in the future a little bit in the world um and i think that's that's just stuff you're going to learn by playing um but uh but yeah I, I really wish it had like a fast mode like it'd be really nice if you could have it like auto do turns for like set it to do like auto turns uh and auto explore and just kind of figure out what i don't know 50 60 100 moves into the future kind of looks like and then you can start over again and and um and make some better choices but um but yeah, I, I, I suffer from analysis paralysis when I come to games like this, where it's like, I don't want to make a mistake. I got to do it the best. I have to, I have to, I have to do the, the number one best thing that you can do to min-max my experience with this game. And I think that's the problem with humankind is you can't really min-max uh, this game because everything has, has benefits and everything has pitfalls. And it's kind, kind of something that you'll just learn through playing. What I would really like to see is when I click on that... I've never played this kind of game before. If instead of teaching me through playing a real game, they had that short experience that you're talking about where instead of having a game that takes hundreds upon hundreds of turns, you have a game that's over in 15 turns. So exactly. you, you click this and then they're like, all right, now we're going to fast forward 58 turns and show you the results of what kind of things could have happened and explain why. Like, that kind of thing would be real benefit for new people because it gives us a chance to see that end game. Yeah. Uh, and then once we see the end game, we can understand how all of the previous parts worked. Uh, yep. And I think that, that that would really change my opinion of this game. Although, again, for 4X people this is going to be a fantastic game. So I, I, I'm i ready to move on from it. You also played um, uh, Foreclosed a little bit more. Did you end up yeah, finishing that? I did. So Foreclosed, uh, talked about it last episode, was in love with the art style and the world and the comic aesthetic in this game. Uh, the game ends like rather abruptly at, at like the four-hour mark, um, or at least that that is how far it took for me to get there. Um the game i i want to love the game so so much like it looks fantastic uh the early part plays fantastic uh but i think they they developed a really cool engine and a really cool idea for a game but then ran out of story to put into the game so it kind of just abruptly abruptly ends so mm. uh still really enjoyed my my playthrough um it, it's a game that i'm going to go back through and play again um but I, I found near the end of the game, there there really is no AI on the enemies. So you you put your head into a room, you see four or five little warning flags pop up because those are the enemies. And then you kind of just back out of the room and you can kind of see them through the wall. And so you can kind of just strafe around the corner, headshot, back up, wait for them to move around a little bit, strafe around the corner, headshot, come back. <laughs> there There is no AI for, for the enemies. Like they don't chase you really. They walk in a straight line towards you. And if they hit like a little... I don't know, a little block, uh, like a, I don't know, a cardboard box or something in the environment. They don't really seem to go around it. They just kind of stop there. Um, <laughs> so I, I think the game needs a little bit more work to be more more of a video game. Um, but from a story standpoint and just the aesthetic, I I love the, the heck out of Foreclosed. So um, while I was really, really positive last week before I got to the end, um, I, I'm a little less positive on it. Uh, I think it's I think it's a good like six out of ten kind of game if you're looking for something like that. Um, but really, the art style and the, the comic aesthetic, I, I want to play like a 15 hour game, 20 hour game from these developers using that engine because it is really really good. I want to watch a cartoon 
that, yeah. that has that 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 art style. I love and I I love how they drop into. I haven't played it, but I love how they drop into like the comic book aesthetic with the with the panels and everything. I think it just looks uh, absolutely uh, a fantastic. But it's a little yep. disappointing that they ran out of story and the and the AI yeah. is disappointing. That. Bad, bad mojo in chat is saying Bill always says it's nice to have shorter games. I say that all the time too. I love short games, but this was, I think, a little too short. At it wasn't short because it was a full experience. I think it was short because they either ran out of time or, or maybe the story that they wanted to tell. They developed a bunch of systems that maybe weren't really needed to to get from point A to point B. Um, so a little bit longer for foreclose would have been good, but uh, it's it's a fantastic title. Um, but short and has some problems with the AI and, and things like that. All right, moving on. We talked about two brand new games that are on Stadia this week, but there's another big game on Stadia this week, Madden 22. I didn't play it. Did you play it, Lloyd? Uh, it comes out um, on um, on the 20th, right? Is that when it dropped? I, I think or, so. Yeah, or, it's out. Uh, yeah, August 20th. Yeah, so I no, I haven't had any time. To, I don't even know what date of the month it is because <laughs> things are really, really bizarre. Oh, this is a pre-order, isn't it? Isn't it? No, this isn't. no, it's out. I'm looking on the store, and there it is to buy. I was like, why? Where's the buy button? It didn't uh, go. I was looking at the wrong thing on Stadia. Um, it, it looks really good. Like it really, really does. Um, not a game that I have played, unfortunately, but I'm I'm really glad to see it on Stadia. Absolutely. I did see some people complaining that there's not enough uh, online people to play it, which sucks. Uh, I, you know, it's predictable when you don't have crossplay and you're dealing with a new platform. I really wish EA would bring crossplay to all of their games so that we wouldn't have to worry about stuff like that. Uh, but <laughs> moving on anyway, um, the, on this week in Stadia, they talked about. Uh, humankind they talked about madden they talked about young souls uh, so we've we've kind of hit all of those things they also did say that you can play elder scrolls online free for a limited time with mm -hmm. pro so beginning at august 17th so if you haven't already picked it up um you can play it up until monday august 30th so you still have like a week that you can uh play that game if you've never played it it is one of my favorite mmos of all time currently i'm not playing it but i have 100 like uh, well over 100 hours on the stadia version i have well over 100 hours on the pc version and i yep. probably have at least 80 hours on the playstation version of the game uh it's incredibly fun and if you haven't tried it you should try it most people who are listening to this show probably were subscribed to Stadia Pro when it came out and you, you got a, a free access to it. But, you know, if you missed out the first time around, uh, now you can. And then if it turns out that you really, really like the game, you can pick it up for eight bucks uh, for the standard edition, which yeah. is a stupid amount of content. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, we were just talking about a really short game. Uh, you can literally play nothing else for the rest of the year if you get the standard <laughs> edition of ESO for eight dollars uh so yep. definitely uh you we want to check out that game and then speaking of really good deals youtube premium uh which is like i subscribe to youtube premium because i don't want ads on youtube it's so much better um <laughs> youtube premium also comes with music which we don't really use because we have apple music uh but um it also comes with three months of stadia pro 
which is really awesome. So I just wanted to let people know about that. Anything you want to add before we move on? Yeah, uh, Marvel Avengers uh, War for Wakanda came out. So it's the uh, Black Panther add-on to Marvel's Avengers. It came out. It is really good. Uh, I That's the one game I wish I really had time to play uh, right now because I want to level up my Black Panther and, and take on the new skills. The new area, the new biome that they've added for Wakanda is just absolutely fantastic. So if you played uh, Avengers when it first came out, Maybe maybe got to the end or didn't, uh, but want something a little bit different. Um, it's free DLC. Just boot up your game and you can uh, make sure to download. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that on Stadia. <laughs> you can just jump right in and play uh, Black Panther without a 20 gig uh, update for your game. Um, and it's it's really good. The new skills, the new powers, um, they've changed the UI for uh, for everything. So when you when you hit the um, what is it? The three dot button on your Stadia controller. Uh, it now brings up one menu, and it can, it shows you what your uh, your little icon is, what your skin is. Uh, you can choose all that stuff right from one screen. All of your equipment, you can see like all your different slots, what you what you have there, how many of your free inventory is filled with other things. So you can all do it from one screen instead of having to like stupidly page over with your with your um with your bumpers to go from page to page to page to page just to do simple inventory and character management. Uh, it's all on one thing, which is uh, which is pretty fantastic. So if you've bounced and and maybe want to re-experience Marvel's Avengers, the updates that they did with this latest patch for War of Wakanda is really really good. Yeah, I've heard good things. I played. I don't know. There was a free weekend. You know, I want to talk about that for a second. Um, free weekends. Google has done a free weekend every week for like the last four weeks. This is really, really good. And I think it's it something that they don't advertise enough. Uh, and it's probably because they can't necessarily be consistent that you would be able to play a different game. Like, that's what they should do. They should say, all right. Here's another benefit to Stadia Pro. Every single weekend, we're going to give you access to at least one game that you can play for free for that weekend. They should do that every single weekend. It wouldn't really cost them much because mm -hmm. what would happen is they would sell more games. And that's, that's where right. they really are making their money. I don't know how much money they're making on Stadia Pro, but my guess is the 30% from sales is probably more than they're making on Pro, especially now that they're giving a larger chunk of that Pro money away right. to uh, the publishers based on the playtime stuff. So I think that that would be a really good incentive. And honestly, I've said this before, take the 4K part, take that out of the Pro, just put that mm -hmm. in for everybody because then people are going to be much more likely to buy games on Stadia if they can play the that You buy the game on Stadia, get roughly the same performance that you get on other platforms and then you subscribe to stadia pro for the stadia pro games each month the stadia free weekends uh and, and that kind of stuff i in the the sales i think that that is a better uh case and uh better use case i don't think that's the right term but i think that's a better uh business model in my opinion uh but back to what i was saying 
um, the free weekend of uh, Marvel's Avengers, I was very disappointed in that game, and it was just because the controls were terrible. And I've had every I said that, and everybody was like, "Well, Bill, you should do this, you should do that, and and maybe I should, but now it's no longer free, so I can't try." But um, <laughs> I'm not going to pay money for the game after after what I played with it. But you know, Lloyd put in over 50 hours, loved it. There's people have been talking about it, about it in our community Discord. They're loving it. Maybe I'm just an outlier. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those games where, like, the aiming controls. So if you start off the game as, like, Iron Man and Thor, and when you're kind of playing through the early area, and it's you don't have a lot of your skills yet, so you're you're aiming your repulsor blast, or you're aiming to throw Mjolnir, which sucks because those controls are terrible. The rest of the game is fine. When you when you're when you have a level fifty character and you have all of your skills unlocked. The controls are fine, but the early part, yeah, you, you definitely feel the the control issue, especially like during that um, flying part when you're going over the bridge mm -hmm. and, and fighting Taskmaster. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so annoying. I just want to aim at this person. Um, but, yeah, you don't really get into that when when you uh, get further into the game. But I wonder how many people it scared away like you, Bill, probably a, a fair number, I would assume. Yeah. You know what? That reminds me of a game that's angrily not on Stadia. Uh, Final Fantasy 14, when you first play that game, you have like two abilities. And so you go into combat and it's really slow. But then when you're playing at like level 30, you've got like, th uh, you got a whole bunch of different abilities. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got things that are on the global cooldown, things that are not on the global cooldown. So you're constantly doing stuff and dancing in and out of enemy telegraphs. <laughs> and right. I always said for that game, they don't put their best foot forward with how you experience the game when you first start out. Uh, it's mm -hmm. kind of a bad experience, um, but it quickly gets better. But now that you've said, oh, well, you know, the way that you that you play in the very early game is extremely different from the end game, that's really good to hear. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe when it gets another free weekend, I'll give it another an, another shot. For sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth playing if you're a Marvel fan just for the story. Like the story is really good, uh, despite the gameplay. <laughs> the story is really, really good. But yeah, I could I could definitely see how the, the first kind of like opening missions that you go through and yeah, the, the aiming stuff is just like, oh, my God, what were you thinking when you designed <laughs> this? But then you get further in the game and you don't really have to aim that much. Um, even when you're like maining Iron Man, you're not using repulsors. Uh, as much for close combat it's more for people that are up on a cliff or something where if you have to take a half second extra to aim it's it's not such a huge problem but uh but yeah anyway the black panther stuff amazing the the changes that they've made to marvel avengers ui amazing we'll, we'll see if this uh brings a new player base in otherwise i'm kind of scared that this game is going to shut down since it is games as a service or software as a service for uh for this title um i'm, I'm a little worried but uh, hopefully it's around enough that I can experience all the all that Wakanda has to offer. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to I, I guess what's our like our main topic for today, and we'll see. I didn't expect for us to talk about that stuff nearly as long as we did. Uh, but Apple and Epic are like suing each other because they're they're billionaire companies, and I think they're both being kind of tools. That's not I'm not I don't have a dog in the fight, uh, one way or the other. Um, I just want what's best for the consumer. But one of the cool things from this lawsuit is all the interesting um, 
tidbits of information that is now getting leaked out. And one of those is this 70-page slide deck from uh, Google talking about their... Uh, talking about their their plans for games. Now, uh, I read through this multiple times, which is easy to do because a vast majority of this thing is redacted, like just black boxes covering <laughs> up everything uh, because right. it's not pertinent to the lawsuit. Um, so, you know, the lawyers are like, uh, please cover that up. So when you release this, uh, it, it's not important for the lawsuit and it doesn't you know, give away our, our company secrets or whatever. But there's some stuff in here that is really interesting. So I went through and I found the the, the different slides that I wanted to talk about. And the first one is uh, this really weird picture uh, <laughs> of what I, I would say are essentially Google's Joy-Cons. Uh, so Google has this sketch. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. some people who are like, this is all fake. And I don't believe that it's fake because this is evidence entered into a lawsuit. <laughs> it's it's real evidence. I don't think that this is a made-up thing and then the lawyers got fooled. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, they have this screen. It says, play on any screen. And they have these two Joy-Cons where I should have grabbed... All right, grab my switch. So they got these two things that kind of look like Joy Cons, uh, but they have both of the sticks at the top uh, mm. instead of ha- having them offset. And then they've got like this you you can snap them onto the side of your phone. And then when you're done, you take them and you put them back to back. And then they slide into like this little case, which that's a really good little portable sized controller, which is <laughs> a lot better than. Say I'm not not a better controller, but for portability, it's a lot better than sure. trying to carry around an actual controller like that. That's yep. that's very interesting. What are your thoughts about this design, Lloyd? Well, at first I thought, well, they're they're just mocking up some stuff about how you could play video games, and then I'm like, wait a second, the the second row shows like sliding Joy Cons together and locking them in and putting them in your pocket. So that might have been their first idea for what a Stadia controller was going to be was just this little device that you can put in your pocket and then you can slap it onto the edge of your phone like it was a a backbone or a razor kishi or something i'm like ah i kind of wish google made that because that would have been super uh super awesome uh to to use but uh yeah very very interesting and it, it shows that obviously the the design ideas for stadia was we want every device every tv every screen to play our games um and they went so far as to try to, def- to design something that would just quickly jump onto a mobile phone which uh which i love yeah and then if we go to slide 33 for this uh this was one that jumped out at me it's not super like there's no real information here but it says roadmap 2025 and then you know as you go through the, the subsequent slides it's mostly blacked out you can't see anything on theirs but but it says roadmap 2025 so now we know that when they were working on this document, by the way, it was in 2020. You can see it from time steps from uh, conversations that are within the the PDF. Um, they have at least a five year plan, and mm-hmm. you know, there's some people that are going to be like, "Well, but that five year plan didn't include shutting down SG&E," and that's true. But it also uh-huh. didn't include the pandemic. So I think right. that that basically Google has said, "Well, we're going to make a pivot." based on these changes that have happened. And I think that they've made the right pivot. Um, But 
it just shows that, you know, they had a plan out to at least 2025. So everybody who's constantly saying, you know, the Google graveyard and has Google killed it yet? I don't think mm-hmm. that's happening. That's that's a regular, you know, starting in 2019 and going to 2025. That's a pretty decent console life cycle. Although keep in mind, they can always update this. You don't have to buy anything new and it it, it turns into forever gen instead of next gen. What are your thoughts on that, Lloyd? A hundred percent. I got to bring your attention to slide uh, 39, uh, which is my favorite slide from this whole document. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big blacked out square uh, with the con- with the contra code below it, the Konami code up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. It's like, what was on that slide that you had to redact that you had the Konami code for? I want to know what that is. <laughs> um, everything else in here, I don't care about. I just want to know what that one slide is about. Um, but but yeah, back to what you were saying. Yeah, it's uh, SG&E obviously threw a wrench into things. They They decided to go one way. It didn't work they decided to cut their losses and and pivot and focus in this other area um that's we know about that we don't have to bring that up every single time that google's talking about the future but what this document does show is that they have plans they 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 know that you have to start off by getting it into people's houses and then you pivot this way and you do this and you add this and you do that um Stadia wasn't just uh, someone using their free time at Google to say, hey, what if we could play games on our cloud servers? That's that's not what Stadia is. Uh, and hopefully documents like this will will start to, um, I don't know, get rid of that uh, that that idea, that uh, that thought that that's what Google's doing. Uh, but yeah, seeing uh, Vision or or Roadmap 2025 uh, makes me makes me kind of smile a little bit. All right. And then fast forward to slide 56. Uh, they have this, this is something I really want to happen, and I wish that they would do it faster. Uh, they call it YouTube Plus Play, Watch Play Reward Loop, and they say uh, Loot Drop Rewards launch and expansion to additional creator types, integrate yeah. into lifecycle promotion tools, beta slash pre-registration, basically saying let's, let's leverage uh, what we have with YouTube and get it to help us with our gaming uh, priorities. And I yeah. think that that is something, I mean, we already see a lot of this stuff, these drops and stuff on Twitch. Lots of games yep. have drops on Twitch. We don't see that kind of thing on YouTube, which means a lot of people don't, I mean, look, there's tons of people streaming on YouTube every day. I'm one of them. Like we stream on, on YouTube. It is our platform of choice. But the, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens on Twitch that doesn't happen. And YouTube has the ability to make a lot of that stuff happen, which yeah. can amplify these these games and get more people interested. So I, I definitely think that this is something I'm glad to see that you that uh, Google is, is talking about this. Yeah, 100%. Um, drops are huge. I watched Fortnite uh, FNCS coverage um, this weekend and last weekend just to get a stupid little cosmetic in Fortnite. Like, Google has done it on YouTube. Back in, like, the first FNCS, if you watched on YouTube, you'd get, like, a back bling and, and all this stuff. Um, having drops is huge. And having drops for the games that are already on Stadia. So you watch someone playing a Stadia game... You, you see a little thing that pops up in the thing saying, oh, you got this skin for watching uh, Run, Jump, Stomp, play Humankind. You can now be 
um i don't know the pro proteons from from starcraft <laughs> uh you can be that just by watching this thing and it's like oh okay well maybe i'll pick up humankind or or maybe i'll maybe i'll be more invested in humankind content because i got this drop um the fact that they're thinking about that makes me really hope that things like drops and more rewards for viewers watching streamers on youtube uh is coming because that is such a huge thing on on twitch where people People set their schedule around um, streams that have drops for ESO and um, and Apex and Fortnite. Um, having that stuff on YouTube and baked into Stadia would be really great. Yeah, and then on slide sixty five, they have like basically they have these trends, these pillars that they're talking about, and then they're trying to talk about all of the ways that they like can foresee themselves doing well in the gaming industry. Uh, so. Uh, basically, I want to look at the how to win uh, tabs here. Uh, so first off, whoop, there we go. It says, bring our catalog and NTech stack to more screens and platforms, including Google's ambient computing vision, starting with Windows to distribute emulated native and streamed games. So there's Stadia right there with a low cost universal portable game controller. Now that low cost universal portable game controller is what we were talking about earlier that looks like the Joy-Cons. Clearly, Stadia went a different direction uh, and decided to go with this controller instead, which uh, is awesome. I love that controller. It's one of my favorite types. Uh, and then they say, in 2025, they are planning to gain a percent, it doesn't say what, uh, of the, the ridiculous amount of money in the games industry. And this is another reason that tells me Google isn't going anywhere because they look at that 35 to 50 billion dollars a year in the games industry and they're like if we take a small piece of that we're going to be earning a lot of money which i think is very interesting um then they said this is really good how are they going to monetize that well by doing free-to-play upsells which means you got to have more free-to-play content on yeah. stadia things like fortnite which we're going to talk about in a minute uh, because there's a lot of really interesting information about that. Uh, then they have the play platform subscription bundle, offer a multi-platform content subscription. I guess that's kind of like Stadia Pro, but that also feels like it could be something else. And then they have the premium uh, way of making money, which is where you make one-time purchase premium games, which is what I like most about Stadia is that I can just buy my game and play it. But it looks like, Stadia wants to do all three things. You know, yep. they 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 want to take a little bit of each piece of that pie, which I think is is really good. Anything you want to add on to that before we move on? No, just those are the three ways that games are sold these days. You have free to play games on phone and and PC. You have uh, subscriptions like Luna or uh, Ubisoft Plus, and then you have what Stadia is for most people, which is you buy a game and you own the game. Um, so they they saw that from from the get go, which is a good thing. Yeah. All right. And then if we move on to the last thing, how uh, page seventy, how Google views their uh, their platform um, at the very end, basically. Whoops, uh, I scrolled way too much. Um, so at the very end, this is what they have to say: uh, they must demonstrate strong strong developer value proposition to reach the largest target audience because the platforms with the most reach and simple dev experience are more attractive. And when you think about it, well, right now, Google is not hitting either of those things because of two things. Number one, 
they're limited in the number of countries that they can be in. And I think because of the pandemic, Google did not expand Stadia into as many countries as they otherwise would have because of the the current chip shortage they are also unable to expand their servers as much as they would like to. Uh, and that's a very, very important point. Those two things make it hard to have the most reach, the the pandemic and the chip shortage. And then yep. the simple game dev experience where they say that that's more attractive. Right now, if you ask most developers, they would say, well, while Vulcan is better, I don't have as much experience with that. Uh, so developing my game for, say, Linux is kind of a hard thing to do. But we also saw that, that Google has the Stadia port toolkit, uh, which is supposed to be kind of like Proton, uh, which is like this translation layer, which allows you to make your games for, for one system and have it run on another system, which is really, really good. So uh, they're working towards that simple or simplified game dev experience. And I think that over time, that most reach thing is going to happen. It just, it's going to be a while, both because of the pandemic and the chip shortage. Anything you want to add there? Not really. Um, it, it's it's just good to have that they're having the same conversations that we were having mm -hmm. from the start of StadiaCast. It's like, what about this? What do you want to do for this? It, this this wasn't just a hey let's do this and six months later they're they they have Stadia servers and and game developers making games for it they've been planning on this for a long time and I don't see any flaws in the stuff that is in this document where Google got off on the wrong foot uh, it looks like they were planning stuff the way that they should have as someone new entering the industry all right and then let's move on to the Fortnite stuff you kind of talked about mm -hmm. that you you you're a big fan of Fortnite like you watch. Uh, certain things in order to get drops for your character. Um, yep. And we go back through the two years of doing this show. Um, there has been many times where we're sitting here talking about stuff and people come into chat and they're like, when's Fortnite coming to Stadia? <laughs> well, right. probably never at this point, just because, yeah. uh, well, maybe not never, um, you know, but now we know the reason that Fortnite is not coming to Stadia because of this um, uh, uh, this lawsuit. Uh, but here, here's what it has to say. If I'm going to bring this up on screen, basically uh, it says, like, there's this text, this string of text messages with the names redacted. Again, this is evidence from a lawsuit, so I don't think this is fake. Uh, but it says, apparently Mark R. had a meeting with Google Play. His offer put Fortnite launcher in Google Play for free. We will give you Fortnite on Stadia. Okay, right. so what does that mean? Well, it means basically let us put Fortnite on Google Play and don't take your 30% cut. Right. And then they will say, all right, and we'll put Fortnite on Stadia, which I think would have been really, really awesome. And then later on they say, well, okay, does anybody else get to have a free pass on the 30% from Google? And they're like, not sure. We originally offered uh, Tim Sweeney 8812, and he said no unless they gave it to all devs, which I think is very, very interesting. What are your thoughts on this one, Lloyd? Very, very interesting that uh, Fortnite was such a juggernaut that they were trying to use it as a way to uh, get what they wanted before this whole lawsuit thing happened. 
um just let us let us sell our currency with our own our own money uh in the fortnite launcher and we'll give you fortnite on stadia <laughs> i wish that happened i really do because then there wouldn't be this lawsuit i'd still be playing fortnite on my iphone <laughs> i I'd, I'd still i'd be playing fortnite on stadia i'd be doing all that fun stuff um it just I, things like this are like just endlessly fascinating because you wonder all these conversations that are happening. So any idea that a gamer has, wouldn't it be cool if if Microsoft bought Nintendo? I'm sure there was conversations and there's text chains which would say, yeah, we want to buy Nintendo and here's how we're going to do it. Obviously, this stuff isn't uh, close to being finalized or whatever. But but all the fan theories and fan ideas that any any gaming fan has, it obviously has happened somewhere in corporate America. So, um, yeah, that, that that just makes me smile. But yeah, man, I I I, I want to go to the uh, to the other Earth that has Fortnite on Stadia because I'd be playing so much of that on Stadia instead of booting up all my other systems to play it. Yeah, I saw like there like there's a whole like that whole text thread is filled with very very interesting stuff. Yep. It's not all about Stadia, but there's like like there's one of them is constantly saying I don't understand why we hate Apple so much, and then the other one's like, well, we just do. Uh, so like that kind of stuff is really weird uh but uh if you want to read more about it i'm sure that i can lloyd if you can uh, grab that and drop it into the the the, the chat the uh, text what, chain one yeah yeah that'd be yeah. great all right uh moving on uh we have um somebody asked the developers of Splitgate if the game was coming to stadia and here's what they had to say actually before we talk about that i want to tell people what splitgate is because <laughs> i saw this and it reminded me that my son had told me about this game and uh then i found out that it was a free-to-play game which hey google you should you should reach <laughs> out to splitgate on this and make things happen um yep. but uh it's a free-to-play game so i downloaded it on my xbox and i was playing it a little bit and wow it is fun uh so it is Portal with guns. Uh, so if you ever played Portal where you shoot a, a orange portal, portal and a blue portal and you can walk through those, it is a multiplayer Portal game with guns and it feels very much like the old late 90s, early 2000s multiplayer shooters, which I loved back in the day. Uh, I really, really like this game. But uh, Splitgate Dev was tweeted at and they said... Our down-the-road goal is to get Splitgate to be on every viable platform. Everyone knows that we're on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, but we also natively on Linux. This is a big deal because, fun fact, Google Stadia runs their games on Linux. Don't hold your breath yet, but one day. So that whole don't hold your breath yet is basically them saying, look, game dev takes a long time, and it's going to take a <laughs> while before we get our stuff, like, before we get it on all platforms, but they're planning on bringing it to Stadia. It seems like uh, plans right. can change, but it seems like, and this is a game that should be on every single platform because it's incredibly fun. Have you played it yet? Sure. Uh, I did accidentally. Uh, there was a free perk with uh, my Xbox uh, Game Pass. Uh, you get something in Splitgate, so I downloaded that perk, and it somehow downloaded the game and then started it randomly when I was doing other things on my Xbox. And I'm like, well, what is this Splitgate <laughs> thing? I just wanted the whatever, the stupid T-shirt or whatever the heck it was for the, the free add-on. 
Um, and I jumped in and I'm like, oh, so it's Portal with guns. And then you just said it's Portal with guns. So that is exactly what this game is. <laughs> it is. And it's really fun. If you haven't picked it up yet and played it, it's free. Try it out if you have a device to play it on. Otherwise, you know, Google, you should reach out to Splitgate's devs and say, you know what? We have people who are really good at porting games to our platform. How about we send you a team of engineers and make that happen? I think that would be uh, beneficial to everybody. Yeah, more more games like this, uh, the big like kind of multi-platform free-to-play games like this need to be courted by Google and just have them by default on Stadia uh, for people that don't want to buy a gaming PC to play these games. Just have it stream on Google for all these games. Um, I don't know. I know you're in lawsuit with uh, Epic right now, but try to get Fortnite, like anything like that. Those games, Apex, uh, Call of Duty, Warzone, any of the big free-to-play multiplayer games having it on stadia would just be huge for the platform yeah i was i was curious like because I, I haven't played fortnite in forever and I, and like my son doesn't really play it anymore and i was curious how like popular it still is because and i don't go on twitch uh, regularly uh, anymore either because i don't like their business practices but i loaded up twitch this morning just because i wanted to see is fortnite still really really popular and it was still in the top row it yep. wasn't number one but uh, but it was in the top row of the most played or most watched games right now. So it's still massive. Uh, and, you know, you got to get a, a piece of that, Google. So I don't know. I, you know, when when they said, let's offer um, them 88.12 and Sweeney said, no, unless you give it to all devs, then give it to all devs. Although, hey, yeah. they kind of just did, didn't they? Did they? <laughs> uh, sort of sort of because they just changed their their uh their split uh like a yeah. i don't know three weeks ago or something and they changed did was it eighty eight twelve or was it something i think it was eighty eight twelve. i think that's kind yeah. of what every every main uh store is doing now for like the first x million dollars in sales so it, it really benefits the the little guy uh not so much the big companies that are out there Although I will say that it looked like Microsoft said no to 88.12 at some point. Like, they were like, we're not going to do that. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I just right. remember reading that. 85.15, uh, Roger says in the chat room. 85.15, oh, okay. yeah, that seems more more normal. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. The, stuff like this is just super, super fascinating. Whenever there's large companies fighting each other in court, all the stuff that comes through Discovery is just so fascinating. Um Sadly, uh, it, most of the stuff that they talk about uh, that is in this discovery isn't redacted because it's not happening. <laughs> if it was if it was happening, <laughs> it would have been redacted. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about before we get out of here is this. I've seen this happen too many times um, where a developer says, hey, we submitted to Stadia and we haven't heard anything. And uh, yeah. the Art of Rally, which I don't know anything about this game. Um, they tweeted that out, uh, or no, they didn't. PSX Reviews and Guides tweeted this because they uh, emailed the devs about this. Like, hey, get your game on Stadia. And they're like, yeah, we submitted a while ago, but no one got back to us. I, what is that? Why? Yeah. Like, th they should have a dedicated team of people that that is their only job is to court devs to get their yeah. games on stadia and when you have devs reach out and say hey i want to put my game on stadia and then you don't say anything to them like that's crazy to me yeah it, it's it's really weird and you gotta you gotta understand 
the people that work at Stadia that are in charge of finding new games and making these deals, they probably get like a thousand pitches a day from someone that just downloaded, uh, they downloaded Unity. They're using one of the free, um, not free, the one of the games that you can buy from the Unity asset store, which is basically like a full game. And they put, they change the the title graphic and then they're like, yes, I want to get this on Stadia. Um, so, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of, uh, they're getting a lot of garbage, um, mixed up mixed up with the good games um they really need to have someone that is maybe a little bit more in tune to kind of like the indie dev scene where they see a game get interest at um some sort of independent game festival and that's when you immediately whitelist those devs and if they submit something uh you green light it immediately or you even do the the step to reach out to them yourself and say hey I saw Art of Rally at uh at Gamescom it looks really good we'd love to have you on Steam you make that happen and start the process that way. Um, but yeah, just like you, Bill, I've seen so many people have come out and said, yeah, well, we, we, we tried con- contacting Stadia and they never got back to us. So I guess we're, we're not going to be releasing this game on that platform. Um, G- Google has recently kind of overhauled their community outreach. Um, they hired some some really great people to do uh, kind of the, the social stuff mm-hmm. and and get people really fired up that way. Hopefully their next hire is um, some really motivated people in kind of like the games acquisition area of uh, of Google Stadia um, so that this type of stuff happens less and less in the future. I think the thing that bothers me most about this is that they never got back to us that like that quote yeah. right there. If you're not interested, reply and say, no, thanks. We don't want it. Don't just ghost people like that. Just to me, it sounds so ridiculous. Uh, Roger in chat says Stadia is in its infancy. They need a spokesperson visible. I don't know. I, I I don't disagree with that, but I feel like Google wants to just let the games do the talking. They don't want it to be about them. They want it to be about the games, which I, I can agree with that. And like having a spokesperson is great, but like a lot of times their hands are tied about what they can and can't say because contracts say that publisher gets to say this and publisher gets to do that. So I don't know. I I just wish that like, this feels like Nintendo during like the Wii U era where they were like, Hey, guess what? Um, (laughs) We're, we're just going to ignore you most of the time devs. Uh, and, 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 but then during the switch era, they actually got somebody whose only job is to talk to devs about getting their games on on the Switch. And, like, there's a bajillion indie games on the Switch now. And, you know, we both record Nintendo podcasts, and I guarantee yeah. that you have probably said this on your show, and I've definitely said it on mine. Um, there's too many games on the Nintendo Switch at this point where you can't find anything good in the eShop because there's so much garbage. And, like, that's a good problem to have in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you're kind of damned if you do damned, if you don't as a platform holder, if you don't, if you don't let anybody that wants to make a game for your platform, put a game on your platform, there's always going to be stories like this where a dev is PO'd because they tried contacting you and you didn't listen to them or didn't give them what Mm -hmm. they, they thought that they needed from you. Uh, But then when you let everybody on, then it becomes kind of like shovelware and, and tough to find sort of the, the diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Google's Google's small enough right now that what they're doing is kind of the good way to do it, but yeah. they have to they have to listen more to independent developers that have put out games in the past and that have a game that is already if like if 
if I'm an indie developer and I was approached by both Nintendo and Microsoft to release my game on your platform, that should immediately pass all the layers of red tape on Google Stadia. And mm -hmm. you should immediately get access to a dev kit um, because you don't have to get a dev kit. You just have access to the online dev kit. So people that have ha have contracts with other companies to release a game, that should immediately be greenlit for most stuff on, on Google Stadia. And then we'll get all these indies that are going to drop day and date across all the all the industry, which is great instead of the Stadia version coming two months later because Google's like, oh, that game's really awesome. We'd love to have you. But then it takes two months to do the port and get it running on, on the uh, Stadia platform. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully they're, they're a new company, uh, a new games company. Uh, Google's obviously not a new company. Um, and so they're going to make a lot of mistakes. But hopefully they start making um, some right ones in this regard and, um, and, and do more outreach to these indie devs to get games like Art of Rally uh, on Stadia without the internet having to ask the developer and then get into that whole, well, we tried, but <laughs> no, well, actually they didn't even say no. They didn't say anything, which is worse. Um, that, that'll just, that'll just stop if, uh, if, if they start reaching out to these people. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the super chats that came in throughout the show. First off, I want to say thank you to Jem, uh, for saying how much they, they love young souls. We really do appreciate that for the support. Um, P Cray says anything but final fantasy 14. I don't know you, man. <laughs> Uh, what's your problem? That game's amazing. Uh, but thank you for the right. support. Two Dogs says, Humankind First Look was great. I'm playing it right now. Thank you very much for the super chat. And Cookie McCrumble sent in a pretty large super chat. Uh, they said, love the show you guys always put on. Literally always have the exact same fuse as me on most things. Any guesses for Pro for September? Also, great to see hints of possible split gate appearance down the line well thank you very much for the support at that level it's pretty fantastic mm -hmm. cookie mccrumble but september pro games what are your oh. you, you go ahead and make your prediction lloyd and then it's going to be the <sighs> one thing you didn't say well i i've been playing Piku, saying piku niku forever and then that finally happens so i i can't say that anymore um one game that is coming out mid-september that i think would do well as a pro game is uh, merrick's market um which is that mm -hmm. uh that make food and 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 sell things at your uh medieval store uh a game like that would do really well on on stadia pro i think um i'd love to see mafia i'd love to see arc like all these games that we have we, we found out they're coming or supposedly were coming at some point um so long ago that still haven't shown up um but i i think it's kind of bad to say them every month and then they don't show up so i'm just gonna not <laughs> say them and then they'll drop for sure next month and then i'll be happy and not have to worry about that yeah um <laughs> i still haven't claimed paw patrol uh mighty pups because i just i don't want it like as an extra box to go past <laughs> in the ridiculous ui that is stadia but i'm looking through like my library and like the games that are um how, how do I, the, the, the games that I, I've put some time into, and mm -hmm. I'm going to say that, um, oh gosh, because uh, I wasn't expecting to talk about this. Uh, there's so many pro games. I'm just scrolling <laughs> through the list right now, and there is just pro game after pro game after pro game. There's so many of them. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, cake bash cake bash is the type oh, of game wow. that would be perfect for pro because this is a game that lives and dies by its multiplayer base and so getting cake bash to be uh having a larger population it's like mario uh party 
but without the board game part of it. And so I think that I think that that would be a fantastic pro game. I also think Celeste would be a really good pro game. Uh, that game's amazing, and and uh, I, I feel like a lot of people would really really enjoy that. And yeah. uh, finally, I'm going to give one more one more example as I scroll through uh, Saints Row the Third Remastered. Not because I love that game, because I've actually haven't played it very much, uh, but because I think that, you know, it's an older game and it's definitely something that people are excited about when it came. Uh, so I think it would generate a lot of excitement uh, when, if it came to Stadia Pro. So there's my, I don't want to say predictions, but I think it would make make a lot of sense. Um, lastly, we did have one more super chat that came in. P. Cray sent in and he said, real gamers play Paw Patrol. Well, apparently not this one. <laughs> I downloaded it. I, I haven't booted it up yet. Or I sorry, I claimed it. I always say download because I download it to my library because I've been using that word forever, yeah. um, which isn't a thing on Stadia. So I know every time I say download, you don't download on Stadia is either a comment on the, a live stream or the YouTube video. Keep saying um, it. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing it just uh to, to to, I don't know, have have comments, I guess, is what we're going to do. Uh, but I did claim that game. Uh, I haven't played it yet. Uh, people are saying that uh, you need to uh, to do a first look or a stream. Uh, maybe that'll be a stream in the future once uh, my work settles down a little bit. Maybe I'll chill out with some Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, man. No, thank you. I am uninterested. All right. Um, and Lord Vivek is saying Cake, back is, Cake Bash is also PC crossplay. That's true. Uh, but, you know, more is better. More people playing Sorry. is always better. All right, that's yep. it for this episode of StadiaCast. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Lloyd, why don't you uh, close out the show? All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for yet another amazing StadiaCast podcast. No, that's going a little too crazy. Anyway, have a good uh, good week, everybody. We'll talk to you next Sunday. <laughs>